You're listening to the Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio Family of Podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of the Nerd Table. This is the Nerd Table, which is the meaning of life, the universe, and everything, because this is episode 42. I am one of three hosts of this program. And I am joined by my other two wonderful hosts. First, we have the dynamic, the dynamo, the dancer, Dan Peck. Dancer? I saw those oh, moves. You yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was doing a uh, little uh, R.I.P. Tracy Smothers strut while you were doing once I realized that there was the de-alliteration happening, I realized I was being introed. Well, how else would I have done that? Actually, what I should have done is I should have done a bunch of e-letters and then introduced you. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then That's there's the energetic, enigmatic... Egomaniac. <laughs> Egomaniac, Eric. I'll take it. Although today, today I am not energetic. Today is like... Holy shit. Well, we're we're actually recording in the evening. We usually record in the afternoon or even the morning. And we're actually we pushed it back for scheduling. So we're all a little a little tired and cranky right now, but perhaps good news in our futures. Yeah. So. So, as I've mentioned before, I am starting a new job schedule on Monday. Uh, we will no longer be recording these episodes on Fridays. We're going to be going back to the old schedule. So next week's episode will release on Mondays again, and I will update that for everybody. We're going to move back to Mondays at 7 a.m. for new episodes. And that will be possibly permanent, maybe temporary, depending on how things go. I don't know yet, but just expect to go back to Mondays uh, as we mentioned on our other podcast, Stupid Sexy Podcast, Dan and I might be moving those recordings around. We have considered moving them up a day. So instead of doing releases on Friday and Monday evenings, we're going to possibly start releasing on Thursday and Sunday evenings, which is when this new episodes of The Simpsons used to air. Sometimes it was Thursdays and then it was Sundays. So it actually make more sense for that podcast gimmick. And then we're still going to attempt to do PokeCast on Tuesdays and also possibly Wednesdays. So that takes care of my scheduling. And as far as our patron content goes, that might actually be getting a workaround, too. Right now, the only guaranteed weekly show is still WrestleTalk that Dan and I do. But... I I have been wanting to do another straight shooting. The only reason I haven't done another straight shooting is because I haven't had the energy to be angry. Does that make sense to you guys? I, I do not compute. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's too damn hot out. I can always you need be to angry. actually. Well, I have to get fired up about something so I can passionately talk about it. I'm not just going to log in and start ranting about stuff. That's actually why I asked the patrons to come up with topics for me to for me to discuss, because then I don't have to try to figure out what I'm angry about to shoot on it, because the whole point of that show is an uncensored rants and just, you know, going nuts. But you know, what really grinds my gears. 
I can do a whole thing on that, too. You know, a whole thing on on Family Guy. And my anger towards new Family Guys for not being good anymore. What was the last new episode of Family Guy that you guys watched? Oh, oh, man. Um, What year is it? (laughs) It's been a while. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... To put things in perspective, Family Guy used to be a show that I friggin adored. Like when it first debuted way back in 1999, just like Futurama. Oh, my God. When you think about how long ago that was. I mean, it was only like five years ago, right? Yeah, sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Play. Thank you. Five, <laughs> five years. years ago. <laughs> Woo, what a long yeah. five years yep. it has been. I know. Good yeah. God. It's. I mean, last to be fair, though, last year was three years. So we definitely got life extension in 2020. (laughs) But I was all about Family Guy when that show debuted. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I was so bummed when they canceled it. And then I was one of those guys when they released the DVDs like I bought them. And then Um, I was. I was that guy, I was that guy in high school that was like I own Family Guy. Remember Family Guy? You want to borrow Family Guy? And I would be loaning the DVDs all over the place, and everybody was like, "Oh, the show was was great. I loved it." And then they had the revitalization, and they had some of their best seasons right away. And then they decided to go for the shock material. I can tell you the exact moment I fell out of Family Guy. Did you guys see the episode? And then there were fewer. It was their first HD episode. They did a murder mystery in a mansion and then killed off a couple of characters. I was done with Family Guy as a regular viewing in that episode. And I know that's like a popular episode and people really like it. But I was like, this is not my thing anymore. They're trying too hard to be something they're not. And then along came the other stuff. Seth MacFarlane decided that he had the greatest singing voice of all time and everything had to have a musical number. And then it was all the shock jokes. No, you want to you want to do funny shock jokes? Watch South Park. South Park does it right. This was just let's do let's do more obnoxious poop jokes and then let's do more Conway Twitty stuff and have the longest cutaways ever. And that's what got me was those fucking cutaways. I don't mind and like now, the, uh, Conway Twitty. Oh yeah, the the Conway. Oh fuck that. Well, that's the thing. It, 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 you cut to it once; it's funny. But there was the one time it was literally like three or four minutes that they the just played song. the clip. Yeah. yeah, and then it cuts back, and you're just you're just like, God damn it! You know the comedy rule of threes, right? Have you guys heard that before? Uh no. Explain it. Okay, so I'll use the joke that it was explained to me with from a friend of mine that actually took a comedy workshop. So here's here's Bill Clinton in his office, right? And he peeks out the door and he looks around and here come and somebody comes in to to his office. And then there's a it's not. No, it's not peek out the door. He's sitting at the desk. Somebody comes in and they hear commotion under the desk and a female intern comes out and runs out of the room. And you're laughing, right? Because there's the joke. But then there's a male intern, too. And you're laughing because it you weren't expecting that. And then it's a farm animal. And now you're like, oh, man, how funny is, you know, how funny is this joke? You need to stop. Because what happens if you throw in another farm animal and then another joke and another joke? 
Where in the moment did the joke become unfunny? After the third reference. Even if that joke in particular doesn't make you laugh, think about that for a minute. Think about once you get to that fourth punchline, the joke is no longer funny. And I was thinking about that and sitting on that. And I'm like, that's actually true. So I start thinking about times when I feel like jokes went too far. And it was usually when they tried to get in too much stuff. Or the time or the time length was just past the point of being funny. Uh, another good family guy joke when when they do the whole thing where the, the joke takes too long. Like there's there's one. It's Peter. He's trying to back up his boat into the water and he just can't maneuver the car with the trailer on it. The first couple of times he can't get the trailer maneuvered. It's friggin hysterical. But then it keeps going. And I'm like, oh, God, this is past the point of being funny. And I think that's just it. They don't have somebody who understands where the comedy cutoff comes in. Well, then there's also the uh, go so long it actually does become funny again. Yes, but like the bird, that's the bird fight that happens more than three times. And it's fucking funny every time. I will admit that. I love those. The That gets outrageous after a while because it does get longer. <laughs> but that's a different there's a different thing there, though. That's one segment. That's an outrageous segment. But all the different things that are happening because they're fighting, they're going to different locations. Things are blowing up. Things are getting broken. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. And then there's the false ending where you think you think he won, and then the bird comes back. With this, it's literally the same joke, just being overkilled. That's true. Or the, the fucking episode where they actually were getting along, and they go out to dinner, and then they start fighting about who's going to pay for the check. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes... I use, I use yeah. the Y2K episode in a... Uh, college paper. Oh, yeah? Mm. What was the topic? It was it was one of those, like, it was like a final exam, and they're like, right, like two pages, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well. And the Y2K episode. That's a good episode, though. That's a classic. I've also, in high school, movie. I used the Mikey Whipwreck storyline from ECW in a paper and essay in high school as well. Were you just writing about what it was or were you re- redoing the story to try to sound like it was original or? I was using it as a reference point. Okay. Of course, the school wants you to talk about reference to Kill a Mockingbird and I'm like, bitch. Because I've actually heard uh, uh, teachers talk about how they were on the Regents board for grading, and someone was like, talk about a famous Native American or whatever, and the person wrote about Cher, and they were going to get failed, and the one teacher stuck up for them and gave them a, and got them a passing grade. Just because it's not Sacagawea does not make it not legitimate. Is Cher a Native American? Yes. Okay. Well, then that I think that I learned that there something should have today. Been no argument. That's what the song "Half Breed" is about. <clears throat> well, then there should have been no argument that they did their assignment properly. I would. I would have stood no, up. Yeah, for but that that's the too. thing is, is they want you to do literally regurgitate shit you heard in class. Sacagawea, Pocahontas, any of the famous, a uh, famous Native Americans. Like, no, 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 no. I thought outside the box. Give me my passing grade, or go to hell. Well, they're probably going to hell yeah. anyway. 
Let's be real. <laughs> oh man, it's been a, it's been a good ride. <laughs> so I think I think that there's he just lost focus on that show because uh, around the same time that I thought Family Guy was going downhill is actually when I started to like American Dad. I've heard that from several people. I was never a big American Dad guy, but I've heard a lot of people say that American Dad's quality went up at the same time Family Guy's quality went down. And then everything dipped when he tried to do the Cleveland show. But then when the Cleveland show was done, quality started coming back. Yeah. He spread himself out too thin. That's all it was. Yeah. I've watched a couple of Modern Family Guy episodes when I hear about something that sounds like it might be funny or like. Like one I watched was the one where they kill off Brian. And I was just like, though, that was stupid because I heard the thing like family guy posting on social media, RIP Brian Griffin. And I'm like, what happened? They're like, oh, they did an episode where they killed Brian. Oh, well, that's interesting. And then, of course, I'm like, this isn't going to last because Stewie's got the time machine. And of course, it didn't. It was all publicity stunt. People were really mad about that. And then like. And then I, I watched a couple other ones where I heard about the plot line. I'm like, that actually that might be interesting. And then there was like just gross shit in there that would piss me off. Like they did that herpy episode, which had all the disgusting visuals. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. At uh, least when South Park does gross visuals there, it's usually a purpose, right? And hilarious. I don't know how they managed yeah. to pull it off. They could take a fucking visual and just it's hilarious. But I also think that South Park just has better writers, period, because they don't they don't sit on jokes for too long. They're very it's a very quick paced show in a lot of ways. Or they build up to something. You know what I mean? With Family Guy, it's just like, boy, this is worse than that time that I had a job as a carrot cake. You know, I wonder if if they're actually being held back by Fox. Because I, I have a feeling like, you know, because, uh, South Park. Because, Simpson, because the Simpsons got away with getting out episodes without the Fox censors being involved. That was part of their contract, which is why they take so many shots. And then they're just like, we're not letting this happen again. Yeah. Pro- yeah. I guarantee it. I guarantee you he the, the show would be funnier if it was on a different network. I can't. I can't say that. I think the the writers are bad. I think they are good because they we already know that they can write good material. And Fox is probably just like, no, 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 that can't happen on our on our network. And then they have to tone it down and then they cut out too much. And they're like, well, shit, we have to fill three minutes. (laughs) Guess who we're putting in this fucking (laughs) Connie Twitter? (laughs) Yeah. The other thing is that sometimes they're like they're like obnoxiously shocking with what they're trying to do. Like I watched that Christmas episode that they did the musical one where sent with Santa Claus and the elves being overworked and everything. And there's like this segment where Brian and Stewie screw up their Santa mission while they're inside of somebody's house. And then they have to like tie the family up and then they end up killing them. And it's like a whole gruesome thing. And I'm like, this isn't funny. This is just sick. Like, this isn't making me laugh. 
If it was South Park, I'd probably be rolling on the floor because, again, I think the context would be funnier. Well, you know why, right? Because the like the way it would have happened, it would have been Butters and he would have been freaking out. It would have been Butters and uh, what's his name? <laughs> Tweak. And like, oh, God, what, 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 what do we do? What do we do? And it would have been fucking hilarious. Like, OK, like when Butters has his incident at his tap dance recital and he kicks his shoe off and eight people get brutally dismembered in the like chopped in half they have the one guy on the floor like trying to put his guts back in it's gruesome and disgusting and i laugh my ass <laughs> off every time for some reason south park gets it better than family guy you know what one of my favorite south park episodes is right the one where they make fun of family guy <laughs> have you seen that one i have not yes it's called i think it's called cartoon wars and it's actually a two-part episode where the whole idea is that there's going to be this show that's going to depict Muhammad on it, and we can't show an image of Muhammad. Like, what show would be so cruel? It would be Family Guy. And then the whole thing is because the creators hated Family Guy, so they did a whole episode mocking Family Guy. And But that, at the same time, they made fun of themselves, too. Like, they're just like, the show doesn't do anything. It's just lame joke after lame joke. And they're like, well, yeah, but at least it doesn't try to be preachy and up its own ass with messages all the time. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's. And I, watch well, that. I love men of shit like that. What's, I love men of shit like that. What season was this? Uh, good God. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know my, uh, I don't know my South Park seasons off. To, this isn't like The Simpsons where I could be like, that was season eight. No, that's, this is a little, little more difficult for me, which is funny because I've actually seen more South Park than The Simpsons because I haven't seen every new episode of The Simpsons and I have seen every fucking episode of South Park. I have. I mean, every episode, every one. Dude, I think after season five, things started to slow down where I just couldn't keep up. And it's not that I didn't like want to. I wanted to. It's just life got hard. <laughs> Ready to feel old? Can. Yeah. That episode was 15 years ago. Fuck off, Dan. <laughs> 2006. <laughs> Just say three April. years ago. <laughs> no, no, April 5th and April 12th, 2006 with Cartoon Wars. Wow. Oh, that's right. Season 10 had a lot of great episodes in it because it had the Man Bear Pig episode. It had the World of Warcraft one. It had the one where Cesar Milan trains Cartman. It has, oh, it's got the Satan Halloween party that Steve Irwin shows up at it. And that aired October 25th, 2006. So he was dead for like a month by this point or like two months at most. And he's like, Satan, someone's here in a Steve Irwin costume and he's offending all the guests. And there's Steve Irwin with a stingray hanging out his chest. He's like, hey, you got to take that costume off. It's offensive. Oh, uh, but Satan, it's me, Steve Irwin. Remember, he goes. Wait, you're not wearing a costume? Get out of my party. <laughs> and then the the finale is the Stanley's Cup, which is when Stan becomes a Mighty Duck style coach for the Pee Wee team. And it is it's such a dark episode. The little kid with cancer is like, coach, win one for us. And then they lose. <laughs> But they make they make two Steve Irwin jokes in that episode within like two minutes of each other. And this is right after he passed away. South Park does not care about you. I feel like he's my. 
I feel like they just want to get fired at this point. I feel like they would make more money if the network dropped them than if they were to You continue. haven't seen Well, you haven't seen new episodes of South Park, right? I have not. So you missed their entire season where they were actually trying to get canceled. They even had a, a they had a campaign going that literally said cancel South Park at the end of it. They want the show to end. I think it was I think it was season 22 because that right because they do the first episode is about school shootings and that it's that's exactly what they had they they wanted to get canceled by that point and nobody did anything i feel like everybody at this point was just like well it's south park and they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do basically yeah I mean, they haven't had an actual season since 2019. They've only done their specials. They did the special about the pandemic and then a special about the vaccinations, and they were hysterical. But the, in the in the latest season, Randy Marsh becomes a weed farmer when weed gets legalized in Colorado, and he opens up Tegrity Farms because, you know, everyone needs, needs a little Tegrity in their life. <laughs> and one of the seasons even opens with uh, a... A different version of the intro where it's like, come on down to Tegrity Farms, gonna have ourselves a time. It's Randy singing instead. <laughs> I've said this before. Randy Marsh is my favorite fictional character ever under any medium, whether it's movies, TV, whatever. Randy Marsh is my favorite character that's ever been created in pop culture because he is the funniest goddamn dad ever. He is. He, he is. overreacts to everything. I just but at, at the, the same time he kind of means well. Yeah. <laughs> how do I how do I give you this? <laughs> That's fucking great. Dan, take this sword. Uh how do I give items from one player to another? <laughs> and then when he when he gets killed on the battlefield, he's like in the best fine. He's actually like mimicking dying. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> I love, love everything that he does. And then when he's like trying to apologize and Sharon's yelling at him. He's looking the other direction. He's like, I'm sorry, Shannon. And what did you do wrong, Randy? You stayed out too late drinking. Like, he's just... <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love that character so much. Uh, the internet episode. He was my favorite in the internet episode. No. No, was, I need more internet. It was, it was a it ghost. Was a big spooky ghost. <laughs> big spooky ghost. Big spooky ghost. Oh, my God. Yes. Randy freaking Marsh. I actually like him more than Homer Simpson. I really do. I really, really do. Ah, Randy Marsh. (laughs) So, yes. uh, You know what? That actually does raise an interesting question. In the world of pop culture, with all the characters out there, who are some of your favorite characters? Who are characters that you immediately think of? And you're like, I love that character. I relate to that character or that that character's cool. I want to be friends with that person. Like, who comes to mind for either of you? Um, there's a duo that comes to mind for me, JD and Turk. I thought you were gonna say Jay and Silent Bob. Which as soon as I heard Jay come out that split second, that's where my mind went. I'm like, is that really where he's going with this? JD and Turk, that's good. Yeah. Uh, Scrubs is such a great show. I've never seen the entire series before, but anytime I've sat down and watched it, I've loved it. It is hysterical. It's hilarious. The thing about that show, though, 
you don't know if you're going to laugh or just downright cry in that fucking oh, show. Oh, the I saw the episode. I don't remember the character's name, but it's the lady who's like she's she's dying and JD makes friends with her and like he's upset that she's dying, but she's not. And she like comforts him at the end. Like she even like sings to him or something. It's so bizarre. The, the, and I'm like, well, this the, was supposed to be a funny show. They yeah. told me I was going to laugh. <laughs> um, the one that got me was um, Dr. Cox when his friend. Mm. They have I haven't seen that episode, episode, but I know about that one. Oh, yeah. I, I won't spoil it, but like. You know what? I will spoil it. Fuck it. No, I, I'm familiar with the episode. <laughs> like, you go through the entire episode thinking, like, oh, him, uh, like, his friend's there and, and everything. And then you find it at the end that his friend died of cancer. And that's his, like, cope. That's him coping with it. It's just fucking wrecking, dude. It wrecked me. What about you, Dan? It's. Dan, you're a big media connoisseur. I don't have any characters that really represented me or a friendship dynamic I have. I guess if I was going to pick a sitcom family that was the most like my actual family, it's probably Roseanne. Oh, yeah? So that's, that's a relatable show for you, then? I would suppose so. It's probably... The closest to my actual, um, my actual family work. But then, who um, would you be on that show? See, that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know. See, if myself as any, I don't really have never really seen a character as me as being me before. Really, I think you're anti. I'm, 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 I think I'm anti. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, my family dynamic is different now because we're all adults and everything. But so what would that be now? You know, I have no idea. What do you think represents our friendship dynamics between you two and maybe like me and Chris? Like, what, what do you what do you think, Chris? A friendship dynamic wise on a show from a show. That's a good question. Um, first, friend, as far as me and Eric go. See, you and I, you and I strike me with a very, a very Dante and Randall style relationship because we would, that would be us. We would, we would hang out and we would bitch about stuff, even though we're reluctantly doing our jobs. And we would get into mindless debates about everything and mock the customers if we were working together, like I know Eric's going to be like, well, that's us. But that, yeah, that's yeah. Dan, Dan and I have a more laid back friendship. You and I have a more mischievous friendship. And, you know, that's true. We're we're more pranksters than. So I'm trying to think of a good like a... <laughs> the two of you are a squirtle squad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the thing is, you know, when when I think about, like, oh, we would we would just hang out and, and watch movies and stuff. And I'm like, well, who does that? Well, Beavis and Butthead do that, but we're also not idiots. So can't relate to them. 
consider the source. Wow, that was pretty mean. <laughs> that was really mean, actually. Oh, well, we all know Dan's the bad guy in our dynamic, too. That's always been the case. Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> it. It's like a Goku Vegeta relationship. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. And more than nine times out of ten, I don't mean it, but I'll say it. <laughs> you you usually do just say stuff if it comes to mind. That's why, like, I've all, I always wondered what would happen if we actually got this show onto, like, a mainline source, but we were forced to to cut back on certain certain swears and certain jokes that we just want to get out and how how badly we'd have to censor ourselves because I, I mean, know that was that bad we would have to pre-record yeah <laughs> probably it would not be, a live, be show. a live show see i know i can always switch back to the disney mindset but i don't know if eric can i can believe it or not i've, I've had i still have to do it <clears throat> yeah I don't like it. Although, although at the same time, you did once say son of a bitch in front of a kid. Oh, man. Did I ever share that story? Uh, on the other podcasts you have, you've probably shared it on this show in the early days when it was just the two of us. But we have new listeners. So please, please, okay. I'm going to I'm going to give you the floor on this one because this story is fucking hysterical. All right. So we worked at some of all thrills. There's a height requirement for it. There's two different height requirements. One was 48 inches. The other one was 52, 54. I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. um, the, the the lower one, the 48, is just to ride. You got to be that tall just to ride. The other one is the ability to go upside down. Well, this kid wanted to go upside down, but he didn't meet the height requirement at the merge point. Or not the merge point. I guess it's like our pre-show, right? Uh, so I get this call saying that this kid doesn't meet the height requirement. And he waited in line. He wanted to go upside down. And I was just like... Okay, I'll go out there. So I go out there, and this dad's like, and mom, and uh, they're just fucking livid. They're like, "Oh, he can do it. He can do it. He made it over at the at the entrance." And I just like, "Well, okay, I'll uh, I'll go check him at the entrance, and if he makes it over there, then you know he's good to go." So there should not be any any discrepancy between the one at pre show and the one at the entrance at all. And I don't know if one got hit by an ECV too many fucking times, which is, is really possible, but whatever. And I go and I check this kid's height and I'm thinking he's not going to make it. And I'm going to have to go back there and apologize and probably give him a fast pass for a different attraction. Sure as shit, though, he fucking hit his head. And I look down, his feet are firmly planted on the ground. And, and I there's an ice cream sandwiches underneath them. There are no ice cream sandwiches. And I, I just went literally looking at this kid. I went, son of a bitch. And <laughs> I walked back with him. And like, he's good to go. And uh, send him on his way. But I literally said that so loud. Like, everybody fucking heard me. So there wasn't supposed to be two different heights? There's not. And somebody fucked it up? I think, like, so the thing is, our queue is not designed to handle ECVs. Yet sometimes people won't they'll they'll just find a way i don't i don't understand how it happens but it happens they'll find a way to ram through a line and if they hit something like let's say a height stick it will bend and if it bends then one side of the height stick is lower than the other so i mean we we were supposed to check them every morning and we did check them that morning 
and everything was perfect. So I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe there was a little dip in the floor or whatever. I, I don't understand how it happened, but it happened. And uh, the kid was lucky enough to ride. I kept my word. He made it. That kid was then decapitated, and that's why Eric doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> Could you imagine? And just like, well, tough shit. He didn't make the height requirement. <laughs> See, that's the thing, like, with a lot of people... Because whenever whenever the Disney question comes up and people we start getting into the conversation and I'm like, you know, I, I tell people this all the time and I'll make this public knowledge. If you are a nice person, you are polite to the cast members, you know, if and something is going wrong and you're and things have gone wrong for you. If you're polite and you handle this, handle it with grace, they will take care of you and take care of you very well. But if you throw a conniption fit and are just an asshole and start cursing out people, not only will they not take care of you, but they will go out of their way to make sure other attractions know about you so they don't take care of you. That's a real thing that happens. Oh, yeah. I know. We've been we've been part of this. And that's just it. Like we when whenever you would talk to like cast members in the break room, you would think that we were we like an outsider would probably think we were some of the most horrible people in the world, laughing and making making fun of guests and like telling these stories about these horrible people. But the truth of the matter is, I would say ninety nine out of a hundred guests that you interact with were very positive interactions, right? Like it was it was more way more positive than negative and we genuinely worked there because we liked making people happy and i remember i would get that too when you get like the angry guests they'd be like oh you guys just must just love when the rides break huh I'm like well i mean yeah the the little break in the action is nice but it's not worth it to have to deal with the people when things go smoothly people are happier and it makes your job way easier and what they don't understand is if enough rides break down in a day, they will extend park hours and mm-hmm. they force every single person who's working that's closing to extend. Like, yep. you have no choice. There is no say. Yep. It just happens. Nope. You're staying. You are staying. And there's nothing you can do about it. So why would we want to root for that? I mean, I was an opener. I didn't care. But it's still shitty. <laughs> But that's the other thing, too, right? If the ride goes down, you have to go stand at the front and turn people away. And God, that gets irritating after a while. Because we dealt with that on the disaster ride all the time. Because a disaster ride broke a lot because the train was really old. It wasn't properly maintained. And because it wasn't a popular ride, they didn't go out of their way to take care of certain things. You know, they every 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 park the popular rides get the most attention because they're the ones that do the most people. So, you know, when the mummy would go down, which also happened when I was working there, I mean, people would flock to it because that's a really popular ride. Disaster did not get the same treatment. And when you're outside of mummy turning people away, it's a nightmare because people want to ride it. They're mad. And then when the ride does reopen, you get that horrible flood of people that just surge back in and you have to deal with that crowd. Whereas, like, if the ride was operating all day, it slowly dissipates towards the end of the day, 
even the popular rides will start dissipating and you'll start getting less people. But if you have a significant downtime, then all the way up until the ride's supposed to close, you'll have a line. That's the difference between closing the ride with, you know, 10 minutes worth of people and 40 minutes worth of people. You know that, Eric. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. However, I will say the best time for a ride to break down and the only time that I've actually enjoyed it was at close. Yes. Like if it's 10 minutes before close and the ride breaks down and we had like an hour line. Oh, guys, I'm so sorry. Here's some passes for you tomorrow. Goodbye. Yep. And go Goodbye. home. Goodbye. That's, yeah, because now you get to go home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, that's just how these things, these things turn out. Keep in mind <sighs> that the people closing the attraction have only maybe worked there for uh, six weeks. That's your team. Yeah, closers, closers are the least experienced people. Openers are the most experienced do you ever you ever realize how actually ass backwards that is if you think about it? Because the newer people always got the crappier shifts, but really the crappier shifts is when you need the more experienced people. Yeah, but we all know that no none of us wanted to work it. Right, because you, and you can't force them to because seniority would kick in. They'd be like, "I'm not doing that." Yeah. So, and th- that's another thing too. With people who freak out about who freak out on ride operators like. Why would you it's it's the same thing. Don't mess with the people who handle your food. Why would you now mess with somebody who's in charge of your safety and curse them out and treat them like crap? Why would you do that? Do you know how many people after a long day of people being jerks will just become dead eyed and go through the motions and they stop caring? That's actually more dangerous for the guest. It really is. I think but we, I'm also, we've reached that point, too. I, I have done that. Yeah. I have reached that point where I'm just, like, going through the motions. Yep. I, I've done it multiple times where I just, I no longer care. And I'm like, that's it. I've, I've had it with everybody today. You, and I don't care anymore. And I'm just going to go through it. You're going to get a basic spiel. There's no energy behind it. You know? All right, guys, sit down. Keep your arms inside. Enjoy the ride. Like... And that there's I mean, the smile is dead at that point because you just get tired of it. You have my smile for six hours, my politeness for eight hours, my tolerance for 10 and God help you after that. (laughs) Remember the uh, remember the day that I volunteered to like you were actually coordinating. I actually volunteered to to work the fireworks that night on the on the uh the the trade-off was that i got to go home for three hours you split my shift yeah and i remember you actually got praised for that too they're like you got you convinced chris to stay all day how they're like easy i'm letting him go home for three hours they're like oh hey that works because because it was in the it was in the middle of christmas and new year's week yeah and I, i i wanted to go see my family and you desperately needed people to stay to extend to do the fireworks and no one was biting. And I was like, hey, if you let if you split my shift, I'll do it. And that's what I did. I worked six hours. I went I went home at one o'clock. I came back at four and I finished out the day. And that nice little three hour break, I got to see my family. We we quickly opened presents 
And then I, I freshened up and I came back and that that was one of the best moods I've ever been in for fireworks. <laughs> Cause it was like four thirty when I was back out working. I'm like, I just gotta do this crap for three hours and then I'm going to do the fireworks. Like Man, I, had a, I had an extra spring in my step for that. I miss Disney sometimes. sometimes. You know, I've thought about that. Like, I've actually thought about... <sighs> Dan, when you worked at, like, GameStop and stuff, do you ever miss it? Parts of the job, like, maybe not as a whole, but there's like, man, I miss that part, or I miss that coworker. The only issue I had working at GameStop was really doing phone stuff. Which most of my coworkers knew. I had a hard time hearing on the phone, and I had a hard time with that stuff. And so they would do it, and they would essentially be like, "I'll man the phones. I'll have the phone on my hip, but you got to do this extra busy work." And I'm like, "Super okay. deal! <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure everything is facing front, and that the scanner, this everything that's sideways is, has the scan bar facing out." Yeah. Dude, that's another thing. I I was always that guy, and I don't understand how people hated busy work at their jobs. I always wanted the busy work because I hate being bored. You know, I need like that was the thing at Disney, right? When they would give you tasks because they had nothing else for you to do. Yeah. A lot of the times I actually did them because I liked that stuff. You know why? Because we needed somebody to go out there and sweep because there was trash on the ground. And there's no, nobody had the time to do it because we were busy, but we were overstaffed and I was available. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to go clean up that mess that's out there right now, because that's one less thing I have to do tonight when we close. Do you remember busy work is easy to tell that you've made progress? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that time that people started figuring out if they clocked in at a certain time that they can get tasks and, uh, I literally went in and I moved up everything by like six or seven minutes. I like really, really odd times. So no matter what time somebody clocks in, they're going to get a, an actual like uh, position and not a task. <laughs> it, pissed uh, well, it pissed off me Lisa a lot. Uh, I probably shouldn't have said her <laughs> name, but it pissed her off a lot. <laughs> I don't think she listens to the show. I think you're fine. Yeah. <clears throat> Also, also, you made it. You made a career out of pissing her off. So it's not like this is breaking news or anything. <laughs> that is true. There was one thing I did to her that really made her mad, and it, it's fucking hilarious. So I, I, I guess I'll explain the the situation. Is she wanted to go home early, but I am not allowed to touch anybody's schedule while they're on lunch. Do you know this story? I, yeah. you know, okay. I was probably there when it happened, but I don't so remember. She had asked me early in the morning if she can go home early. I'm like, we looked over staff. I don't see a problem with it. She's just like, okay, but I want to, I, I want to have my lunch because that was one of those things, right? Like you could go home early, but you lose your lunch. So she wanted the ER after she got her lunch. So I was like, all right, that's fine. You can't arrange that. What is it? I think it's a six hour, 45 minute shift. Yeah, you but she... The, you, she wanted a six hour shift, but she didn't want her ER approved until after she ate. That way she had only worked five and a half hours or whatever. All right. So I'm going through and people are getting their ERs and whatnot and she's on lunch. So I can't touch your schedule. 
And she's just like, how about that ER? And I just, just for shits and giggles, I told her, nope, they, they canceled all the ERs. They, they told me at this time to stop. So I, I ER'd everybody that could get ER'd today. I'm sorry. And she lost her shit because she's just like, I was the first one. And I'm just like, I know, but you said not to touch it until after, you know, you had your lunch. So you would get a lunch. So I started approving everybody else. And now, you know, I, I have, there's no more room. And she went crazy, man. She cursed me out and everything. And it was great. I'm laughing. She's like, you think this is funny? You think this is funny? I was like, I'm sorry. Just go, you know, clock in. She clocked in, got a position, still cursing me out, goes back on stage, pissed off. And the next person who signed in got her, her bump out. <laughs> and then she comes back she's like what the fuck i'm like i can't touch your shift while you're on lunch she's just like why did you say that I'm like i thought this was funnier <laughs> uh she's just like, i gotta oh. tell you she's like you I probably made her you. feel so bad oh i'm no, actually 100 percent sure 100 percent. i always make her feel bad about something <laughs> you know what here's the thing if you if you try to ask me for for something like this happened at the hotel when i was when i was running the front desk and i'm not going to say any of these people's names because they actually might be listening but whenever somebody would ask me for something and they were obnoxious about it that would make me do it that would make me unprioritize it you know what i mean like like you come in, you're like, hey, I, wa- I, I want to do this. I want to leave at this time. And I'm just like, OK, well, you know, I have something I have to do. You have to give this to me. I'm like, I don't have to give you anything. Now, if you come in with a better attitude, then maybe we can talk. But if you're going to you're going to come at me with something like that and make it seem like it's my job to let you go home early, then I'm not going to just back down and do that with you. And I tried to make sure everybody was aware of how I always operated. That I was like, if you treat me with respect, I will work with you and I will do everything in my power to make this job enjoyable for you. If you demand shit from me and piss me off, we're going to have an opposite issue and I'm going to be less apt to help you because I don't have to let anybody go home early at all. There is no rule there, right? Nope. There is no rule saying that. I'm like, no, I I need coverage until three o'clock when the when the second shift person comes in. If you want me to cover two hours of that for you, then you're going to have to change your attitude. That's not like. That's not like an optional thing either. Like. No. You're going to change your fucking attitude. I I've never been one of those people who who can comprehend like even when stuff goes wrong for me in a situation, I've never been one to flip out about it. Like I've never flipped out at a waiter. I've never flipped out I never I've never flipped out at somebody for hitting my car. And I've been mad, too, but I still found a way to to get poison it because I think I can tell myself all the time somebody hits my new car. I'm going to freaking kick their ass. But I think in the end, your cooler heads always prevail because my personality is to take a deep breath and 
relax with the situation. Like, I've always been like, if this happens, I'm going to be mad, but I've always managed to calm myself down. I've never understood the people who can't do that. You know, I can't say that I've never, like, freaked out because I did freak out that one time. Like, don't touch this (laughs) blade. Yeah. Well, we all, I, you also punched a guy for spitting on you, but I think that's a little justifiable. Yeah, that's that's not freaking out. That was just, you know, revenge. Well, that's well. <laughs> if somebody actually spit on me, I probably would swing back at them. But especially now, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you spit on me now. We got a problem. Oh man. But yeah, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think you can talk yourself into anything, any kind of situation that you want, and you can talk yourself up. But in the end, your natural instincts are going to take over. If you're naturally an angry person, then, yeah, you're going to get mad. But if you have that cooler head, then, yeah, odds are odds are that's going to come out on top. You know, there was one thing that I was really good at doing and and i'm still good at it but i have to like be very careful when i do it i'm very good at going into a group causing an argument where it gets super heated and then just walking away (laughs) (laughs) like i'm really good at creating chaos and then just leaving and watch the, the it just completely spirals out of control yeah you have been that person before what a jackass I did I've seen it. you do that before. Yeah. Somebody had like pissed me off and I knew exactly what, what would like you know, like light a fuse under them. And I literally went to the lunchroom and I was just like I can't think of the exact like thing that was happening, but like let's say this person for whatever reason really, really hated the color blue. I would just go in there and like find somebody who I know likes the color blue and be like Blue is like the best color, isn't it? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, no, it's not. And then just walk away. <laughs> just like light a fucking fuse. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. I did that a lot with sports teams. People get carried away with their sports teams. You know what? I And I'm I, I am passionate about certain things. Right. But like. <sighs> nothing makes me laugh harder than somebody who gets so fired up about their sports team. Right. Like, don't get me wrong. The sports teams I root for, I love them. But I have never been one of those guys that, like, will watch a football game and start flipping out at the TV. And I love to watch those people because that shit is hysterical to me. Like, watching somebody literally flip out over something that they have no control over whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, I've been that person where they're, like, at a Super Bowl party or whatever like which team you rooting for i'm just like oh those dorito commercials i want the food i'm here for the food yeah <laughs> which team are you rooting for the patriots well who are they playing i'm rooting for them <laughs> oh man oh my god it's so dude i love i love like like you said sometimes it is kind of funny to get people fired up But it has to be about something that's harmless. Like, I'm not going to get somebody fired up on a political rant because I'm not going to have a good time. But I will totally get you fired up about a movie (laughs) that I thought was shitty. 
I just go into a room. Hey, that gun control, right? And just fucking leave. <laughs> hey, how about that abortion, huh? <laughs> just oh shit you probably you'd probably stir up way more actually you know what you could probably walk into a room and, and scream out heath ledger's joker sucks and probably stir up way more controversy than a political thing well with our group, think about with it. our group yes i, I do with our group yeah <laughs> yeah just walk into the room you know what fuck the legend of zelda and then just run as eric pulls out the master sword and starts chasing you oh i have the master sword i could just shoot <laughs> As long as I have, I don't know. HP. Are you at full health? I'm are you at full, full health? Are you ever at full health? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I wake up with my heart like bleep, uh, beeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this morning, yeah, that's for those of you that don't know and why we're filming in the afternoon. Uh, mostly my fault. Actually, all of it's my fault. So I uh, I got this call from my boss. He's like, "Hey, there's a emergency. I'm not gonna like say where or what location." But I had to go f- to Indiana, which is like a three-hour drive because of a potential CO2 leak from one of our machines. It was not a CO2 leak. It was a Coke leak. They put CO2 on there. So I ended up driving all the way to Indiana to stop a Coke leak. And I figured, ah, I'm already here. I fixed it. And then by the time I got onto the highway, the traffic was so bad, dude. So bad. I, th- I think I texted you like on discord around what four o'clock or something like that and i said i'll be home in like an hour and then two hours later is when i made it home that was like fun yeah it was it was fucking bad you weren't even supposed to be there today i was it was my day off that's the best up thing is like i picked up a shift tomorrow and today was supposed to be my only day off so i have no days off this week now no days off there you go buddy but are you happy with the money that you're making? Hell no. Okay, well then there's no, there's no trade-off. Well, shit. And I guess I mean, so much for that. I mean, I'll take it. I'll, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't want it. It's just I wish I got paid more. But uh, I just even I got even if I got paid more, I would still want even more. Still so. want to get paid more. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Totally. Yeah, I get it. I get it. If I was I making a thousand dollars an hour, I would want a thousand win one dollar an hour. I don't know. If I was making a thousand dollars an hour, I would probably be the happiest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> you just like work nonstop for one day. Yeah. And just have not you? work for two months. <laughs> All right. Have you guys ever heard, you know, you know, you know, you know, the expression money can't buy happiness, but a, a lot of us disagree with that. Did you know there's actually been a study that proved that, like, there's a certain amount of money that will make you the happiest you could be and anything more than that will actually make you unhappy because you'll get into that dangerous hoarding territory because it's too much to handle or it's too much and people will start harassing you about your money because they want stuff. Or you jump up into a tax bracket. Yeah, you jump up into a two. They actually... And I actually did a a study with somebody, not really a study. It was more of just a discussion. But like we calculated if we if you won the lottery, how much money would you need to win now to retire, never have to work again, but and still but still be perfectly happy without being out of control with your taxes. And the number we actually came up with would be 10 million. You came up with 10 million. And that's like I could do it. Yeah. After. 
I, I could not do it with one. And I'll tell you why 10. I'll tell you why 10. Because let's say, let's say I'm 36 now. The retirement age is 65. So, and I don't know how long I'm going to live, but let's say, let's say I'm going to make it to my 70s or 80s, right? I want to have that steady, uh, enough income to make it there so I don't ever have to work again, right? If I had 10, if you actually took $10 million and broke it down, like, broke it down expense wise, because the first thing you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to buy a house, right? But what kind of house are you going to buy? I don't want to live in a fucking mansion because that's going to be a lot of maintaining and everything. But I would I would buy a nice house and I would probably buy like a three or four hundred thousand dollar house, which is a very nice house, but still a manageable size house. Right. Or I would build my own house, but be the size of something like that enough where I could have everything I wanted in the house. I could have my big gaming room basement and I could have, you know, a movie room and everything. And enough bedrooms for potential future children, which I could then have financially, but also like, you know, an office space where I could do my writing, you know, the the projects I would do in my off time without needing to work. Right now, I'm just I'm just speaking for me, but I'm sure you can relate to like certain number figures here. And then you buy a nice car, right? You buy like two brand new cars and I'm not going to buy a sport like I'm never going to own a Porsche or a Lamborghini because that costs too much to maintain. But I'm going to buy a nice car. I'm going to buy a brand new car and I'm going to outright buy it. And then I'm, I'm probably going to take some lavish vacations and, and travel around to different places I've never been before. So right there in your first year, you're spending one million. More than likely, you're going to at least spend your first million in your first year with the enjoyment there. But the other nine million is going to last you for the rest of your life. So if you take nine million dollars and you divide that by, let's say I live another 60 years, that's one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. OK, that's and, that, not bad. and you've that's made not bad. your big purchases already and I've made my big purchases already. So really, what more would I actually need than that? And that's that's if I lived another 60 years and I had 10 million with the taxes and everything already paid for. So here's what I would do with the one million. I wouldn't change anything that I'm doing right now. A matter of fact, I would take all of that one million, put it into um, a dividend, dividend earning account, basically, that pays, let's say, 4 percent, which is. 3% 3% below average, right? At 4% for 1 million, that's $40,000 a year. That's exactly what I'm making now. So it's almost like I have a full-time job that I don't have to work anymore. I can do whatever I want. I can go visit people. I can go play. I can pick up a part-time job or whatever. And on top of that, on average, dividends increase about 10% a year. Maybe let's 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 say five, right? So let's say five percent a year, right? So my first year would be forty thousand. The second year would be forty-two thousand. The next year after that would be forty-six thousand. So every year is almost like you're getting a five percent raise, which is way more than what Disney would have given me. But whatever. Anyway, just <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually more than I would get normally because like an average raise over here is like what two and a half percent. So it's like I'm getting a double increase. Sure. So with that, I already have the job and everything else is paid for because I'm not living above my means. Eventually, everything will get paid off. 
And then once everything is paid off, I can literally live off a of half of that because every, everything's already paid off for and increase the amount of money that I would make every year. By the time I, I, I want to say like in 10 years time, my average income from dividends, this is without touching the principal. So I still have the $1 million without, uh, I, I would say I'd be making close to a hundred thousand dollars a year. And I still have that extra, I still have that million dollars that I did not fucking touch. Okay. That's how I would do it. Okay. Well, that's the other thing is like, obviously I'm going to take some of that and I'm going to invest it. I might consider opening a business. I'm definitely going to do projects. You know, I'm going to, I'll probably do stuff that would lead to, lead to more money down the line. Right. So, yeah. It's just getting that million. That's the rough part. Your first million's the hardest. That's words from Warren Buffett. <laughs> Dan, what would you do? Uh, probably similar to probably a bit of both. Because I definitely, first thing I would do is I'd pay it off my student loans finally. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah. And it, yeah. yeah That's and the other that, part of where that first million's going is to all your debts are done. And then I guess I would give me a house or have me a house built that looked pretty basic on the outside, but it's all about what's on the inside, brother. All you don't want to be a target, Ram. You want to look a basic ass house. That's right. The, that's I want I want a decent house. I want a decent house, but I don't want because I've seen people are like I. Oh, you know, million, you know, millionaires live in these lavish mansions. I'm like, who the hell wants to clean that? We'll just hire somebody. No, then I got to have strange ass people in my house. I don't want that. I will hire somebody to manicure my lawn for me, but they ain't coming in the fucking house. You're stimulating the economy. Rich ass white people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I would have all the stuff I would ever I would ever want in a house. I'd have I'd have my movie room, my gaming room an office space, you know, like a recording studio, and I would have a pool. And then, you know, whatever my wife wanted, she would have that in her in the house, too. Like, yeah, music room, just a room dedicated to all my records. There you go. Yeah. And then there's, a, there's a board gaming room and a video gaming room. I mean, that's exact. like you would have everything that you ever wanted. In fact, if I found a house right now that I could afford, that was one of the it's like a ranch style house, but it's got a basement like the size of the house above it. That would be it. That would be it would be yes. the end game. Also, it would be a ranch. It would not. I would not. I'm not messing with stairs. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that, too. I would probably build a pretty wide ranch house, given the option. Be like, well, it's second story. I'm like, nope, no second story. Just buy a big ass plot of land, put a big basement down there, and then put something on top of it. Yeah, Have, but, but, yeah, but basement the size yeah. of or close to it. Uh, the issue is around here that's very expensive because of the clay you have to dig through. But sure. I think it would be worth it. <clears throat> and then you get the basement because the basement is where you put your arcade. Your arcade, you start working on getting some cabinets and pinballs in there. I remember somebody was telling me they're like, you know, oh man, land is. You know, what, would you ever buy like nice cheap land out in out in the Midwest or something in one of those states where like the land is cheap? I'm like, sure, I would. I'm like, but you know what I'm going to do? The house portion is going to be basic as hell. Everything's going to be underground because if a tornado comes by, I want all my cool shit in the basement. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so at least then if I got to hunker down, if I got to hunker down, I can at least play video games and stuff while the power is still on. <laughs> so the generator kicks in, but. By then, everybody will have fusion reactors. It's fine. Pool oh, table. yeah. Football team. They actually have a really uh, cool battery technology. I'll have to show you guys later because it's going to play video and whatnot. But it's it's a very old school battery. It involves spinning metal, and then that spinning metal uh, it's spinning at like close to a hundred thousand RPM, which is fucking ridiculous. And then that's what generates the power. So it's like um, you you charge it up via solar, it gets spinning up, and then when the sun's gone, it runs off the the inertia that it generated. All right, that's enough about battery technology. It actually, it does sound pretty cool. Hey, no, we're supposed to be a this supposed to be a nerd show. Kind of sounds like those uh those light those uh torches, whatever the British people call them, torches, flashlights that you could just shake, you you jerk off. Oh yeah, and it's like a, ma- a magnet passes by the other piece of metal, and it and it charges up a capacitor. Yeah, and that capacitor. Yeah. yeah. But it's like on. that, but for your house. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like so rub one out. My house? You jerk off your house and you have power. <laughs> Jesus. If they, well, that if, if the they would have told me that when I was like 15, fucking house would be enough energy to last me in a lifetime. <laughs> I'll power the whole friggin' neighborhood. <laughs> whole fucking neighborhood's got power. You're fr- your frustrated teenage years. <laughs> Just like that's it. Jesus. <laughs> oh, you know it's who, funny because it's true. Yeah, you know who's blushing right now? Probably Katie. Hey, Katie. Hi, Katie. Have have that fun mental image because I know you're a visual learner. Hi, Hannah. Oh shit! Hey, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. <clears throat> We're really not sorry. <laughs> We're really not. We love you guys. Yeah, that's okay. So speaking of nerd topics, it's something I wanted to actually talk about on the show. I have been in the uh, the space, the space video feed again, right? Like I love space stuff. I've always loved space stuff. I've always been an astronomy guy. I've I actually when we were cleaning out my parents house, I was going through like all the old stuff in my old room and everything like, you know, the final stuff that was there. It was like. There was like that one box. It's all the stuff we kept when you were a kid. You know, it's it's the typical kid stuff you had. Like I had Arthur books, Curious George books, Berenstain Bear books. I had a ton of space books. And I was actually like thumbing through a couple of them, too, just because it was cool to me that they would make so many books about outer space for kids. So, you know, to help pique your interest. Right. Mm -hmm. My favorite one was the one book I had where it was like it was like, you know, right now. The way the planets are aligned, Pluto, which was still a planet at the time, Pluto is actually closer to the sun than Neptune, and it will be until 1999. And I was like, oh, okay, so. Well, I guess that's happened. Like, how so does like, that make sense? <laughs> so I heard something that fascinated me. Because, all right, do you guys, you guys know what the Fermi paradox is? Are you familiar with that? Is this the, um, the paradox where we're a simulation? No. No, uh, Enrico Fermi postulized the question, where are all the aliens? 
Oh, and then yes. They confirm. Yeah. Like, I, are I, we truly? Because there's there, there's all this discussion about whether we're alone in the universe or not. And most people agree that we're not. We just we just haven't contacted anybody because there's it's not there's the distances are too great for us to have reached anybody at this point. Like if we're sending out radio broadcasts from planet Earth, maybe at most there might be a hundred light year spherical bubble around where our planet is that the radio waves have reached. So if we reached another intelligent life form with those radio waves, let's say that they were 50 light years away. And they're just they detected it and sent a signal back that it might not have gotten here yet because <laughs> you have to figure True. out where the wave came from, detect it, figure out it's an intelligent person and then send a message back that they can detect. So, I like, mean, we've detected stuff that we're that like scientists are suspicious of could be extraterrestrial. But to actually get a response from them is not going to be it. It's not for some of these things we're not going to hear back from. In our lifetime, although a lot of scientists believe that in like like for us personally, within the next 20 years, will there will be a confirmation that there's something else out there. I, I feel like <clears throat> to go along with the that paradox, because the, it also says that. Maybe we're not at the point where we can actually reach out to these people. We don't have the technology we can't right. surpass. So we're like. We th- consider ourselves intelligent creatures. Correct. But maybe we're not. Or this is where I was going. Well, what no, if I'm we're the first? That. <laughs> right. And that's also been a thing, too. Maybe we are unique. Well, here's the other thing. And this was brought up. And I really I really like this one. Uh, there's a theory that aliens have visited us and have determined there is no intelligent life on our planet. So there was nothing to report back on. And that one kind of that one kind of made me giggle. But I'm glad you brought that up because here's where I was going with that. Uh, two two visions of potential aliens visiting. If you consider our technological advances, right, and what we've achieved to an alien that has mastered interstellar travel and can get here, we look like ants to them. We're a primitive ass species. We and if they like, really st- we, we look like apes that learn how to use a stick to go like yeah. pick out ants. And like what are they going to observe with humanity? Like, look at these idiots. They're destroying the atmosphere. They're fighting wars over things like skin color and religion. These are not intelligent species. What do we want to do with them? And yeah, but we also just... learned to fly, and 50 years later, we're on the moon. Yeah, but if they, they're they not going to care about that if they've mastered interstellar travel. Yeah, but did they, do that? That. did they go from being able to fly to getting on their moon within 50 years? If they don't determine that we're worth talking to, then no, they're probably going to write us off. And that's I'm like, okay, well, that would actually make sense if something has visited and they're like, yeah, they're primitive. They're our mere presence spooked a bunch of bunch of hillbillies. And I I heard that we were going to get invaded, but then they saw WWF in the mid 90s and decided that we should survive. Oh, my God. The stupidest commercial ever, Eric. The stupidest fucking commercial ever from a 1996 WWF pay-per-view aliens are, are probing this dude. He goes, can we do this later? The pay-per-view's on. And then like the aliens are like, Oh, WWF. And they join him watching the pay-per-view. I'm like, yeah, that's and never going to happen. They decide to not invade and kill everybody because WWF is that good. Yeah. It's worth them uh, waiting a hundred or a thousand years to come back. 
see uh-huh. if they have destroyers again. Uh-huh. And the commercial ends with, hey, you don't know. Maybe that happened. Maybe we did save the universe. That sounds like a badass commercial. What are you talking about? <laughs> the stupidest commercial. God damn it. Vince McMahon is never going to save the fucking universe. You okay. don't know, pal. You don't know. <laughs> All right. Back to the. You know, back it would make sense stuff. if Vince McMahon was an alien. That would make lots of sense. That would make a lot of things make more sense. He may not be alien, but he's definitely a mutant of some of some descript. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so back to back to the alien talk. Um, so this was this was something that I always thought was was interesting too. Like, if if there are aliens who have mastered interstellar travel, they've probably encountered other aliens who've done it. And thus, they might be forming a communication and there might be species like us who can't get off of our own planet. And there could be dozens of civilizations like that in our galaxy. And these interstellar aliens don't give a shit about us, because why should they? They're like, oh, there's another one. They haven't gotten off their planet either. Look at these guys. Nope, they haven't either. Screw this. So kind of like 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 a generational gap of civilization. Like, imagine... yeah, we be we get that space travel technology, and we go to another air, uh, like you know, another universe or whatever, or another galaxy, and we go into a um a solar system, and they just happen to be in what we would consider like medieval times, right? They're right. just now starting to build boats and stuff like that. Clearly, sure. and that's entirely possible too. Yeah, clearly, eventually, uh, hopefully their species will evolve to the point where they can do the things that we're doing, but they're not there yet. And we probably shouldn't like mess with that species. You know what I mean? We shouldn't interfere. I mean, we should adhere to the prime directive. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that reminds me of that scene in dragon ball super when, when, uh, the Grand Kai of Universe 10, Goasu, is training Zamasu. And he takes him to a species where they're showing, like, how this planet is starting to evolve. And he takes him into the future and shows him, you know, shows him what, what's happening. And then when they go, somebody comes at him and he just kills him. He's like, why did you do that? That could guy could have amounted to something. And you screwed up their, you screwed up their future. He's like, well, and he had no answer to that because he just doesn't care about life. Yeah, if we find a more pro here's the thing, like, you know, our closest star system has planets in the habitable zone. There could be life on them, but they may not be advanced life at all. They could be they could just it be creature of, you know, the equivalent of, say, uh, horses, just as an example, you know, horse like creatures running around They're They're incapable of technology. A centaur planet. That'd be awesome. Well, I mean, think about think about if aliens visited Earth during the era of the dinosaurs. There was no intelligent life there. It was just a bunch of creatures living. Hello, there were raptors. There was no technology. They learned how to use doors, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. In a planet with none. They were clever <laughs> girls. Clever girls. Do you see that thing that they wanted, that Universal wants to make a crossover movie with Jurassic World and Fast and the Furious? I, I would I'm like, watch please, it. God, no. I would watch I would it. not. I no. Would. 
I think that I think I would watch it, but I don't want it. I mean, the last Jurassic World movie was about that they're actually out and escaped now, so they're out in our world. So does Dom Toretto and the Fam happen to exist at the same time as the dinosaurs? God damn it! Escaping. I am officially worried about the next Jurassic World movie now because there's going to be like a cameo in there that's going to connect these universes, and I'm going to be so mad. I just feel like something's going to happen. They're going to be racing down some sort of street. A, 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 a velociraptor is going to come out and knock a vehicle off a cliff. And then out of nowhere, Optimus Prime will catch it <laughs> and put oh, it back on course. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Did you also heard the thing that like aliens are... We always envision aliens as being kind of human-like and also animal-like. And what if there's an alien species, right? This is something I just I just watched a video on this like two nights ago, and it, this blew my mind. Let's say there's an alien species that evolved like plant life. Okay, they're sentient beings. You know, they they get they get around and everything. They communicate. They can they can access technology, but they feed like plants do. They feed off the energy of the star. Now imagine they come here and observe us and they see us killing and eating each other. How friggin' barbaric would we appear to that species? True. Or how about this? We only identify life from what we know life to be, right? So what if there's life out there that is clearly in our face and we just can't perceive it because we don't think it's an actual living organism? Yep, I've heard that before too. And and that's that's a good theory too because, you know, we... We imagine life as being we always imagine life as being animalistic, but it it may not be. And that's another thing, too. Like you can just they've discovered an exoplanet. That's the whole planet is one giant ocean. You know how many things could be living in that ocean? Probably whether they're intelligent or not. Have you also heard this before? This was a I watched this with uh, it was a lecture with Neil deGrasse Tyson and Richard Dawkins. So, you know, you get your biologist and your astrophysicist together. <clears throat> They're discussing evolution. And they said, if you think about all the ways things have evolved over time, what has evolved? You know, eyesight, ears, blah, blah, blah. What what has only appeared in the cycle of life one time? Intelligence, our level of intelligence, right? Well, the way that nature works, that should not be a filter for life to exist. Intelligence is not a factor. You need to breathe. You need to eat. You need to see. You need to do all this other stuff. But nothing else evolved to that level of intelligence. So clearly for life to exist, intelligence isn't a necessary thing. Which is why, you know, in the era of the dinosaurs, there were all kinds of creatures roaming about, but they weren't technically intelligent. Our level of intelligent. So... There is a possibility that the universe is teeming with life, but they're just it's all kind of like that. Just different, different looks and everything. So. And and all that stuff like that was a rabbit hole. That's one of those rabbit holes. You start watching the one video and then you watch the next one and the next one and the next one and you keep going. Listen, anytime I watch a Neil video, I recontemplate my entire existence. Like, damn it. Yeah. I just want to eat some pizza, bro. What are you doing to me? 
I also like the one video he did. And this actually he, he put down the lightsaber and he's like, listen, in the world of Star Wars, why the hell would you ever pick a lightsaber when you've got a blaster? He goes, if I had a lightsaber, I got to get close to the guy to fight him. But if I got a blaster, I can stand all the way over here. He's like, they can deflect it back at you. He goes, I don't care. I still got the advantage with the long range weaponry. It was a discussion about what you need to survive in like a post-apocalyptic world, right? And they determined that the best weapon is something that can be shot from a distance. Yeah, you're out of harm's way. And I agree with that. And you can do damage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Long-range weaponry. See, like, which is funny because when I play D&D, I like being a melee guy. I like being in the action and just slicing and dicing. But in reality, if if it was a real-life situation... I would want a gun or a bow and arrow or both. <laughs> and I want to be far away as I'm shooting stuff. It's the tank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got to you got to watch those those melee weapons here. And yeah, I was watching I was watching a bunch of stuff about like different different queries in the universe. There's another guy's a science fiction author. Can't remember his name, but he does he does some pretty cool videos, too, about about life out there. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of postulating and what's what could exist. And they're like, you know, there are there's a potential that one of those many galaxies that we observe has a Star Wars like universe going on in it where they can get around the galaxy with no problem. Though They probably can't leave the galaxy, but they're certainly not having an issue getting around theirs. And then my favorite one I heard is what was the one? It was an examination of humanity itself. Perhaps the great filter preventing intelligent life from forming is that when life gets to a certain point, it, uh, yeah, it, uh, eliminates itself. Because think about this. If we're out there colonizing planets, right? And I see a planet I really want to colonize and be in charge of, but you also see the same planet and you want to colonize it and we start fighting over it. Does that not tell you everything you need to know right there? And I was listening to them like, well, son of a bitch. And do you really think humanity could handle the existence of aliens if they showed up? Look at how we handle everything right now. I mean, as long as they don't take our jabs. No. Uh. If they're hot and they're fu- and they're physically able to be fucked, it's all good. You know what's sad is that he's got a point. <laughs> I I do believe that if they're fuckable, I don't think people would care too much. If you found it's, it's a note that like people get while designing sci-fi characters for games and movies and stuff is like gotta make them look fuckable so terrible that's why they in my game you fight snake ladies well what if their tits were out (laughs) god of war uh that's like the worst friggin idea too but that's the best commercial for god of war i've ever heard Oh, man. Well, that's one way to do it, I guess. I think (laughs) we are focusing too much on trying to find and not enough just exploring. 
I feel like that's that's just it, it right? It's the we whole have to looking for a girlfriend thing, you know? If you look for a girlfriend, you're never going to find it. It's when you're not looking and just kind of exploring, that's when you find it. We're in that phase. We're looking for a relationship, yeah. it's not going to happen. <laughs> Wait for Cochrane to get the first working FTL drive. Do that lap around the planet and then let the let the um Vulcans visit us afterwards and we'll be good. <laughs> the uh yeah, cuz you know, we we all know that the sun's not going to last forever. One day it will eviscerate the earth. So huma- for humanity to live on, we will at some point have to get off this planet and explore and colonize the the galaxy. Or not exactly. even not even get off or, the planet, get out of our galaxy. Yeah. Or well, did figure you ever out hear- a way to feed the sun? Because the whole reason it's going to explode is it's going to run out of uh, uh, what is it? Helium? No, hydrogen. Not, not hydrogen. There we go. Hydrogen. So yeah. if we can find a way to funnel hydrogen into the fucking sun, they'll just stay. I guess. And it's the most plentiful um, element in the universe. It is. Yep. So we just- hydrogen, right? That's just, that's just it. That's the other thing. Like that was another Neil video where he's like, he's like, what are humans made of? And what are the most common elements in the universe? He's like, we're literally one for one. Hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen and carbon are four of the most common are, are the four most common elements inside of you. And they're in the top five with helium in the universe. Obviously, helium, you can't do anything with. Because it's a noble gas, but it's just like, well, son of like the son of a bitch. Who that. cares if it's a nice guy? Jeez. <laughs> but that's just it, right? Like you can. He's like he's like people imagine silicone based life, but carb. There's actually five times more carbon than silicon in the universe, so you don't even have to do that. He said carbon is the most chemically fertile element on the periodic table, so all you have to do is. Have carbon, have an extreme reaction, and boom, you get life. Plus all the cataclysmic stuff that can that can potentially happen too, right? Like like you've heard you've heard the thing where it's like climate change will not actually make human make un- Earth uninhabitable. It's just gonna make it difficult. For us. Be- <laughs> yes. It will be hard, but it won't be inhabitable. But and did you actually hear the timeline? They actually say we could colonize our entire galaxy in 50,000 years. On the global scale, that's nothing. 50,000, considering the dinosaurs went extinct 65 million years ago. Think about that. Think about how actually quick that is. With our technology, even at sublight speeds, we could have the entire galaxy colonized in 50,000 years. That's crazy to think about. And there are other stars that live for way longer than our sun that could have planets in the habitable zone. So, like, you you find a planet there and settle down, you've just expended humanity by billions of years. I think the, the difficulty with that is trying to find a sun that produces the same light, right, um, and have that same heat... In a habitable zone that will That's actually not difficult. The sun's a very common type of star. Yeah, it is. But 
we don't know why like okay our ozone breaks down the colors as well right so certain colors will go through and that's why certain plants are actually green or like a lot of our plants are green um yeah in fact have you ever heard like in the early days of the planet the uh the plant life was actually purple correct because purple was absorbing a lot more light because it was brighter then and then it started to burn the plant because it was absorbing too much and it shifted until it was green so i feel like once we get plant life to adapt to a new star um depending on what you know what color it needs to be to survive on that planet because there's there's only so much we could do about an atmosphere then we right. should be fine. I feel like that's the terraforming thing. And I think I feel like we should probably start doing that now. Just send off rockets with like microorganisms. And I know that sounds pretty reckless, but let's do it for the planets that we know. It would probably be okay, like Mars, you know? Like are there living things on Mars? Probably. Probably little microorganisms or whatever. But like so what? Fucking <laughs> shoot some of our stuff. If you, if you have the technology to terraform Mars, why don't you just terraform Earth and turn Earth back into what it was? You've got the technology to do it. So just do it. God damn it. Genesis, whatever. From uh, I heard, I heard one that actually. Made me, I've been watching um, space station videos too. Like uh, astronaut Chris Hadfield does all these videos where he shows you like how to do stuff in space. And they were like, we recycle 93% of the water used up here. I'm like, that is disgusting. But at the same time, it's probably still cleaner than me drinking water out of a tap here. Better so. than Flint. <laughs> <laughs> I was I thinking that too. Like, son of a bitch. Like, someone's going to say Flint as soon as, I, as soon as the words came out. And it was Eric. Of course. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. Of course. Man. You got to go after Flint. How far are you from Flint? Uh, not far enough. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> have, it's like 45 minutes there. Yeah. A few times. It's actually not bad. I'm sorry. The places are, it's not as bad as people think it is. It's just the water situation. Right. I know it's really high on the crime rate, but. If it is not the parts that I visited, Detroit's still way worse. Really? Part, yeah. The parts okay. of Flint that I've been to have been super industrialized, right? Like there's a lot of factories and stuff. And there's a lot of neighborhoods, but it's all like pocket suburban areas, if that makes any sense. Okay. Okay. So it's like you get off a highway and then there's like a Walmart and like a Target and stuff like that. And then there's nothing for a few miles. And then out of nowhere, it just blossomed a suburban area that happens to have like a Starbucks and uh, like a gas station and stuff like that. So it's like... The suburban areas are actually further away from all the industrial areas, which makes sense. Yeah. But all the stores are in, in the industrial area. The suburban areas, like, there's nothing there. Maybe a gas station, like I said. Right. Well, that's like I was talking about a concert that I want to attend in December. Uh, Evanescence and Hailstorm are going to be performing together. You know, I'm a huge fan of both of those bands. I love Amy Lee. I love Lizzie Hale. I've never actually seen either one of them live. I got really excited about this concert. And then I was like, yeah, that's it. They're going to be in Camden. And when people hear Camden, New Jersey, they start like flipping out immediately. Oh, Camden, that's such a rough city. I'm like, do you know where the the 
the uh, music hall is, it's literally on the river in a nice area. Like, not all of Detroit is bad. Not all of Camden is bad. Not all of freaking, not even all of Harlem is bad. You know, the the southern end of Harlem isn't that bad. It, and, and like the, the more way northern ends, maybe. But like, like, yes, there's rough areas, but that doesn't it's not 100 percent of the place is friggin horrible. So like. And I think that's just one of those things that people need to get through their heads, right? Like. Like you hear Detroit, you're like, oh, God, I, I don't I can't go to this city. But then if you actually see like downtown Detroit, where the uh, the stadium is and everything, it's not bad. It's it's just average city stuff. Yeah. Just stay downtown. <laughs> just yeah, exactly. stay downtown. Make my way downtown. Eight Mile Road. No. No. Have you actually I'm seen still... Eight Mile Road? Dude. Yeah. Did I not tell you about the, fir- the first time that I went there? Uh, went there? It wasn't when I moved. It was actually, I was on a trip. I was on a vacation with Rebecca. And the GPS literally wanted me to get off the freeway on 8 Mile to make a U-turn somewhere to get back on the same freeway that I'm currently on. And I was, <laughs> and I was like, fuck that. <laughs> and I just kept going. And like, I'll, I'll wait in traffic. There was no traffic. There was no reason for the GPS to tell me to get off on 8 Mile. My GPS has done that to me before, too. It's like, you need to go all the way up here and make a U-turn. I'm like, I think I'm just going to go straight because you're going to make me come right back around. And I never understand why they do that. Yeah. You know, but don't. I know sometimes, though, sometimes I feel bad for not listening to my GPS because at one point I put on my GPS and I knew where I was going, but I always just put in the you know directions just in case. And it told me to get off at a weird exit. And I was just like, oh, that's fucking weird. What's wrong with my GPS? And I just kept going the way that I would normally go. And then I got stuck in traffic for an hour. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm sorry. I should have listened to you. I'll never do it again. <laughs> I always do that now when, when my GPS is like, you know, because my GPS, had, the updated one on on the phone will actually have like the, the traffic updates and everything. So it's like, oh, there's an accident up ahead. You can actually save time if you take this alternate route. And even though it's, it's longer mileage wise, you still you continue to drive. Correct. Which like, oh, one of my favorite things was uh, so. Shannon's best friend is getting married in like two years and the wedding's going to be in Salem. So the first thing I did was I looked up a drive from Lancaster, Pennsylvania to Salem, Massachusetts. And I start laughing because the thing comes up. It goes eight and eight hour, 45 minute drive. I'm like, that is decisively wrong. But my GPS is programmed to avoid tolls wherever possible. So I went to the other one. It's like, you will arrive in six hours and five minutes. I'm like, much more reasonable. (laughs) Because you're talking about the turnpike and everything, right? Probably right. Massachusetts and Jersey Turnpike. Do you know where it wanted to send me without the... Without Probably 81, right? And go straight to, to hell. To where? To yeah. Albany. Albany? Albany, New York. Yeah, is, and then turn right. That's way out of the fucking way. I know. <laughs> Damn. Oh, it's okay. When oh. I first got um, here, I just turned off the uh, tolls, right? Because I don't want to take tolls, just like you. I must have accidentally hit avoid highways as well. 
So for like the first, I don't know, two or three days, I'm just like, holy shit, it takes forever to get anywhere in Michigan. Lansing, which is about an hour, maybe an hour and a half away from my house, uh, where I'm currently at, um, where I lived before was actually closer. It was about an hour, hour, 15 minutes. It must have taken me closer to two hours just to get to Lansing because it, I, I accidentally click avoid highways. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. My favorite was I, I tried to go somewhere in uh, when I was visiting Florida and the GPS said it was going to take me like an hour and a half to get there. And I was like, all right, well, I've got I've got the you know, I've got the easy pass. So I'm like, well, let me just see where if I do take the toll roads, it goes, you will arrive in 33 minutes. I'm like, yep, that's Florida for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, because there's so many toll roads. I did that once. I was. When I was living down there for a while, my dad had given me an easy pass and it was he was actually paying for it. Like if I used it, he'd pay for it. So I actually tried to avoid it wherever possible because I felt guilty about that. Like he didn't really care, but like it was one of those things like, oh, God, I just I don't want to spend his money just to take a freaking toll road. So I was going to a Halloween party when I was working at Universal at one of my friend's houses and the the avoidance like it was almost the same thing, like with toll and without toll was only like a a three minute difference. And I'm like, well, there's no point in me taking the toll roads for that. So I just took the non toll road. But I still regretted it because you know how you avoid those toll roads, Eric? By you get off the highway, take a weird side street, and then get back on the highway. Yep. And it's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it at all for three minutes. I was just like, ah, I should have just paid the 50 cents. <laughs> you guys know how uh, so I-90 is uh, a paid toll in most of the United States? So it goes right through Buffalo. Uh, but since it's a major highway for Buffalo, it's not a toll in Buffalo. So for us, we usually went through Buffalo. So you go through a toll booth and pay a lot of money because you came from Syracuse. <laughs> and then you get you go through Buffalo and then you go to another check in onto the throughway after you get through Buffalo. <laughs> wow. You don't want to. You know, one of the absolute biggest scams is is New Jersey does not charge you to enter the state, but they charge you to exit because the toll road is on the other end of the highway. When you enter New Jersey, there's no toll. But when you're leaving, you have to pay a toll to get out of the state. That's that is funny. the biggest scam ever. That's fucking it's, funny. And it's now there are there are plenty of bridges that don't take tolls when you're when you're exiting New Jersey. And my GPS has actually found me a couple and they're not. It's not a significant difference in the drive to make a difference. So I would usually just take those bridges just because they're a little more scenic. But there's the one bridge to get across on I-78, which comes in around the Phillipsburg area in New Jersey. So it's north of Trenton and everything. But you can just stay on the highway and take the toll booth. But if you actually want to avoid the toll, you can take a smaller bridge next to the major bridge and sit through about four stoplights to do it. So you could just cruise across the bridge in 
you know, 15, 20 seconds, or you can spend five, six minutes doing this. Is it worth it to save a, to save a few bucks? Yes. It's not. No. Yes. No, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. You know what? Actually, while we're ranting about this, Google, since you already have the feature avoid highways, can you put a feature in there to say avoid neighborhoods? Because I don't want to drive through a neighborhood with a work van. <laughs> right? It's a fucking pain in the oh. ass. And everybody's playing hockey. And I don't know the rules. So please, please put in a feature to avoid neighborhoods. Avoid so, children. Avoid oh my children. So my mother was helping my uncle move back to Oregon from New York a few years ago. And they were told to take this one road. It's closed half the year. It's like an old logging road. And it's literally like a one and a half car wide road. And it goes up a mountain. Mm. And they were in a massive U-Haul dragging a car behind them. Oh, God. Jesus, you and, just like are describing and a horror the GPS movie. stuff told them to go up on that road. And holy shit. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's another thing. I I get a little bit of anxiety on certain certain things like I get I have a little bit of a bridge anxiety when I'm driving. So I look for the shortest bridges possible to get to where I need to go. And if I have to cross if it's if it's a pretty low bridge, I'm OK. But if it's a high bridge, I'm I get I a, little, a bridge I get for you. the one that gets you to keep Hatteras. It's very long. It's so long. It has twists and turns. Nice. But it's barely above the water. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm OK with that. That doesn't bother me. It's the ones that go really freaking high. There is this there was a bridge. We took it when we were coming. We were actually moving back north because for some reason, my father decided to avoid the main way out of Jacksonville and take a sideway out. Now, yes, we avoided a lot of traffic that way, but we have to go over a hell bridge to do it. This thing goes up really high. And I was like white knuckling the steering wheel, just staring forward at the back of the Penske truck and just focused on that. There's and one we, of those uh, near near the Canada border where I lived. If you went straight north on 81, it was actually there's like a little um, island before you you get to the Canadian border. Yeah, and it's really high. <laughs> yeah. And that's just it. Like, if I'm the passenger in the car, I'm fine. But it's when I'm driving the car. If I'm the passenger, I'll be staring out the window taking pictures. I don't know what it is about driving at a high thing that gives me the anxiety. But I have a weird I have a weird fear of heights anyway, because I have that issue where, like, if I'm climb, if like you put a ladder on the outside of the house and I climb it and I get to the roof, I'm going to start freaking out. But I I can fly in airplanes with no issue whatsoever. I have no issues with airplanes. Right. Get me on the second floor of a mall. I'm a fucking mess. Right, exactly. I can't like go look there's over the, the holes edge. in the ground, so you could see the other stores. I get it. You want us to want to see that there's the stores downstairs, and you we go downstairs and go spend money in your store. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Why did you make me see the floor? <laughs> but for crying out loud, I don't be dead. I get to see that I'm on the third floor of some fucking mall. Okay, yeah, yeah a I third don't... floor feels unnatural. A second floor, I'm okay with, but a third floor in a mall, nah. 
And they're like, uh, no, yeah. no, it's the second floor. Yeah, but you have places in the basement. So fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's the weirdest thing. Like, like I've, I've said this before. I'll go up in the Empire State Building. I'm not walking to the edge, but I'll go out on the deck. Oh, and they add to the Sears Center or whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, now. yeah, that thing where you can, like, look down. Now right they now. have that, that glass enclosure that you can walk on. Yeah, that ain't happening. No, that's not happening. It's the other thing. I'm not afraid of roller coasters. Oh, oh, um, what is it? That that one glass bridge that's over a mountain that has the fake cracking. Do you guys know is what that I'm like talking about? Is that like China or something? Yeah, it is Does they have China. like the, the video screen in it or whatever that starts yeah. cracking? Yeah, exactly. And it like it makes it oh. look like the floor is going to fucking break from underneath you. First off, I'm a dick, but whoever made that, that guy's a dick. That's next level. That's a next level. That's an evolution. That's like give someone a heart attack. You probably should be arrested for murder. <laughs> I'm sure they warn you about it. That can't be something that they can't. Because then, well, I don't know. It's another country. They, If that happened in America, there'd be lawsuits out the ass. But oh, no, thank you. Not be do will not be doing that. You ever seen the, the the one? It's like the China Path of Death. It's like this super super narrow ledge right against the edge of the cliff, and to walk it, you actually have to be hooked on because it's so easy to fall. And I'm like, why would you even want to do that under any capacity? Like, I understand there's thrill seekers out there, but. F- would you ever go in the slingshot thing at like? Oh, you mean like the one that broke in yeah. Old Town? No, no, I would never get in one of those. They called it the Sky Coaster at Darien Lake. Even though there's uh, no coaster about it. The old, yeah, at Old Town, the county thing. Yeah, no. Three, two, one, fly. <laughs> Was the countdown for when you're supposed to let go of the safety release and go? What? The best part the is they record your experience, so if you start freaking out, see those videos of people just fucking that. passing out. Oh yeah, they just go limp and they just start flopping around in the seat because they're completely unconscious. <laughs> like that Superman ride they had at the uh, one of the Six Flags or whatever, where it's literally just. You go down as fast as you can, and then it takes you straight up. And then, like, that's it. <laughs> like, it's Superman taking off from, like, the top of a building. There's a simulation yeah. they're supposed to be doing. Oh, my God. Yep. And that's it. Is <laughs> you get in your seat, and they just drag you backwards really, really far. And you just go straight down, pretty much. <laughs> That's, I'm like, a, that's a no. That's, that's a no. Uh, I think. Well, I think the reason roller coasters don't scare me is because I'm doing it for. I'm already doing it for the adrenaline, and my adrenaline's pumping. So that's not going to negatively affect me, right? Then there's people that are like, they can't do the tilt a whirl or the teacups, and I'm like, I fucking love that shit. I can't do the teacups. I'll throw up. No, I man, I love. It. I like. I like making them spin faster. Cool. Have fun. I like going on the teacups and trying to make it stay as still as possible. <laughs> if that was the goal, then yes, I would join you if that was the goal we knew we were doing ahead of time. 
<laughs> but fuck Ferris wheels that spin up where the individual parts spin. This what you're oh. sitting in. Yeah, like they'll actually spin around. You can actually end up upside down the entire time around the Ferris wheel if you do it right Oof. or do it wrong. Yeah. Nope. Fuck that. Like fuck this. <clears throat> All right. Uh, real quick here, because we are getting late into the show. Uh, there was a discussion thread in the Nerd Table fan community from our patron friend, Brian Leon. And real quick, since since we're talking about patrons, uh, patron.com slash club kayfabe. And I'd like to give a shout out to all of our wonderful patrons, Robert, Brian, Matthew, Rawl, Randy, Adrian, Glenn, Jay and Jeff. It's funny, too, because I keep saying all the tears, even though I don't have to, but I want them to feel special. But Brian posed a question. What is a video game you'd like to see get the full-blown Final Fantasy VII style remake? And I don't know, because like the, they went a little too far with Final Fantasy VII, I think. You think they went too far? Blasphemy. They took, they took a three-hour section of the game and made it last 40. I don't hear a problem. (laughs) It doesn't sound like a problem to me. It sounds like a problem to me when the the game isn't going to get finished until two more console generations from now. I mean, Kingdom Hearts. So. (laughs) (laughs) The issue is Kingdom Hearts 1 came out when I was like 20. I'm not going to be alive to finish Final Fantasy 7 Remake. (laughs) Okay, so. Back in my day, Sora used only one (laughs) Keyblade. I don't think that was the discussion to make it like Final Fantasy 7, but to give it it a full-blown HD Super Remake. Um, Now, I have a huge list of games that I would love to see get this treatment because I personally love them. But if I'm being honest with myself, the only games that would generally work for this type of remake would be anything that isn't a side scroller on an old console. I mean, because HD remaking like Super Mario Brothers 3 would just be new Super Mario Brothers graphics with the the world map from Mario yeah, 3. Right? I'm sure oh, people oh. have done it in Mario Maker where you yeah. can play the player game with their level select. Why don't yeah, we make exactly. it super They have realistic. done that. So. You take the Mario and Luigi from the TV show and have them do it. Oh, <laughs> Luigi. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck you, Luigi. So I think the best ideas would be games that were like f- Nintendo 64, yeah, PlayStation 1 and 2. Because the Jaggies. You want the Jaggies yeah, to be gone. Yeah, you want the Jaggies to be gone. So you know the first game I would I would do for this? Stop re-releasing Grand Theft Auto V on all your next-gen consoles. Remake San Andreas which was the most popular Grand Theft Auto game of all time until 5 came out. Why not give that San Andreas game a full-blown remake? You know, they actually like re-released it for 3 and 4, but it's just the same game and it used the same everything. So it's like, I'm still holding left 1 to aim and square to shoot. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> At least remap the controls. Right. Oh, yeah, and you're driving with X. Like no, yeah, that's the worst. That is the worst. Um, 
I'm going to go a little bit old school. You know what? I'm going to save mine for last. What What would you do, Dan? Well, they did one of them, although we're not talking. I mean, it was two generations ago. They did the um, Mass Effect redo that came out a month or so ago. That's pretty sweet. Um, one I'm really thinking of is one that got mentioned in that thread that got posted by Brian, and it's Star Wars, and that's the Old Republic, and it's the Old Republic 2. Well, they are doing that, so. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because cause, uh, it was actually our friend, our friend McThing pointed that out, that that uh, since Kodar is getting remade, that Kodar 2 is probably... So the other answers they gave real quick before Eric gives his, um, Brian also said Jade Empire. Uh, Mr. McThing, he had s- s- talked about the Metroid Prime series. Uh, our friend Danny Jackpot talked about the Metal Gear Solid, the first three. And patron friend Adrian from Motivational Moves talked about Siphon Filter. Those were Ooh. all the, the titles that came up. All good, really good suggestions. Imagine the original OG Metal Gear Solid with a full HD remake with certain tweaks to bring in aspects from the the newer games. Imagine a so full... 3D blo- gaming and shooting. Yeah. Well, didn't they also do a, a, an HD remake of the original Resident Evil and that was successful? They yeah. did. The, did. the first one got remade like three or four times. Yeah. And then but just in the last the couple of years, one. they did two and three. Yeah. They've done two and three. It's full remake. Oh, and they did it. They expand upon it kind of like they did with the with Final Fantasy. They didn't make it like, you know, 20 times longer, but they did add stuff to flesh things out more. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go super old school. Right. I need to see a remake for these three games in my life. Like, it needs to happen. Okay? So, I'm going to save the best for last. It's controversial, but whatever. One, (laughs) Breath of Fire 3. Okay. Breath of Fire 3 was an amazing, amazing game. Two, Lunar Story. Which is already, like... A 90 plus fucking hour game. And then my number one. And they need to like. It's almost. A perfect. Game for them to redo. Is the original Chrono Trigger. I was thinking something along those lines. Even though I've never played the original. Chrono Trigger. Like. That was one that I was actually thinking about. And like a full third 3D realized. Yeah. Yeah. You can still keep it an overhead scrolling thing, too. Like, I mean, look what they did with Link's Awakening. It's it's very possible to do that and keep the gameplay. Yeah. The gameplay the same. But but so, yeah, there's I want the full 3D Final Fantasy seven <laughs> effects for <laughs> Chrono Trigger. All right. The combat needs to stay that? the same. They can't rework the combat because that's what made the game the game. But make it look pretty. Make the carnival part take five hours. Oh my god. Yeah. The entire game. If the if the first game was just the carnival, I probably won't play. Because that's my least favorite <laughs> part of the whole fucking game is the beginning part. I have I literally bought uh bought it again on Steam. I turned it on and I heard the, the fireworks and I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. I'll pick this up next week. And I stopped playing. 
Because <laughs> I can't bring myself to make it past the fucking talk with the princess. Ugh, okay. I like the first Dungeon Siege <laughs> game, maybe. Because Dungeon Siege was like a Diablo-style game, except for everything was up to you at any point. Like, you didn't have to... You didn't start out as an archer or a fighter or something. It was based upon, hey, if you start using a bow and arrow, you'll get better at using a bow and arrow. And you'll I, level up being good at a bow and arrow. I remember when games were like that. World of Warcraft did that for a while. Just like if you just swung a sword, you would gain skills in sword. Yeah. Yeah. I love that game. I played it a lot in college. We actually get it, like people on land together, play together as a group. Yeah. So cool. So the one that I want that I'm never going to get is Super Mario RPG. I would play that. So, I'd play the I, hell out of that. Yeah. Uh, the second one I want that I'm never going to get is Goldeneye. It's been remade twice. Yeah, but it, but it's not a loyal remake. They redid a lot of stuff and changed objectives. And I'm talking about just a straight up shooter thing. I'm OK with additional levels and stuff as long as the base stuff is there. Like Perfect Dark would be a perfect, no pun intended full-on remake and i know they've tried sequels and stuff that were not they did like a remaster during 360 yeah now we are rumored eric i don't know if you heard this i don't know how you're gonna feel about this but there's a heavy rumor mill that they are moving forward on doing a full-on hd remake of ocarina of time for the switch and you know that's the most brilliant thing they're gonna do do you know how I'm turning you know how hardcore that's going to sell out? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you OK? I would. Believe it or not, that'd be a game that I would buy two copies for. One to play, one to hold. You get the gold version to, to hold one on to sleep with. One to sleep with at night. One to, buy three. One to sleep with at night. Uh, I'll, I'll actually put. You know what? I'll buy four and I'll put one next to the mirror in my in my uh, bathroom. Just so when I look, you gotta buy seven, one for every day of the week, so it doesn't wear out. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) It was so. Did you play the um, Master Quest uh, version? No, I always wanted to get it. Oh my god. I really wanted the Master Quest. You you think the water level was hard. Good God. <laughs> I remember playing it and I was like, fuck, this is a kid's game? What the fuck? This is bullshit. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that some of the monsters took more than a heart worth of damage. Well, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... The, the the best answer for this, it has to be a popular game. So it's it's probably going to be a franchise game. It has to be something that sold really well and still has nostalgic factor behind it. Right. Like. You can love I'm trying to think of like a, an obscure game that I really I really love, but it wouldn't make a great remake. 
because there are obscure games that I love that I'll still go back and play and have a great time playing, but that doesn't mean they they need a remake or they need something new. Yeah, like Duke Nukem. Sure. Well, <laughs> it, it would take them 12 years to, and that's if you're lucky, to get that remake out. But I mean, like, like, okay, uh, to use a perfect example, people would go apeshit over a remake of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. People would go nuts over that with beautiful graphics and everything. But you'd have to keep it as a side scroller. So how in depth could you really get with it? It would look really great and it would probably play really great, but it's not going to be a blow away 3D game. You know what I mean? To immerse you in that world. Whereas if they redo Ocarina of Time and really and give it Breath of the Wild style graphics, that's going to look incredible. So I think it really depends on the game itself. And it has to be a franchise player. It has to be something that people know, and it has to be something that's sold well. So WWF No Mercy, the issue is keeping... Do you want to keep the old roster? Do you want to update the roster? Do you I give, to- actually given this thought. If you're going to remake an old sports game that was really popular, right? A WWF No Mercy or an old uh, um, NFL Blitz. Right. Something something different, something unique. You're going to you're going to remake something from back in the day where the sports teams would be outdated. Now, here is exactly what I would do with it. I would include the old rosters. And then have the new rosters in there, too, as an option to play as you can play as the old. You can play as the new and then release DLC. For stuff in between. That is how I would do that for a wrestling, boxing, MMA style game. You take the roster that was there, the roster that's now, and then you add in popular people over the years and you've got your game for baseball, football. You do the same thing. If you release a game, a baseball remake, I would have loved to see the Ken. That's okay. There's my answer. Uh, The Ken Griffey Jr. game on the N64. That was one of my favorite games I ever played. That doesn't need a remake. I personally love it. But there's plenty of modern baseball games now. And, you know, that one with more simplicity might seem archaic. But if they redid it. More fun sports games, right? Like everything is trying to be too realistic. Remember Blitz? That's why there should. Yeah, that's why there should be two franchises. That's why I I, and I've been a stickler for that. Let 2K do its realistic stuff and then have somebody else put out the arcade style stuff. The wacky baseball stuff with the with the wacky players and everything and the NBA street. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to get I'm going to give Nintendo a shout out here. Those Mario sports games, they're not really like my thing, but what a great alternative. Yeah. Because they've got the sports stuff, but it's got Mario shit in it, too. What a great alternative. Remember NBA Jam? How much fun was that game? That game was ridiculous. But the thing is, when NBA Jam came out, it was the best-looking basketball game as well. Yeah, but it was fun. And you know, why we we talk about you know we talk about among playing Among Us. That's such a simple-looking game, but it's a lot of fun, which is why I'm addicted to it. You know, I 
this is why I've always had this conversation when people are like, "We, I want to see you stream Dark Souls because I bet you're going to suck at it. And I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to play it. What, are you afraid of a challenge? No, I'm not going to play a game that's not fun. If I start playing a game and it's not fun, then I'm not going to see it through. It has nothing to do with difficulty. I've played tons of difficult games and seen them through to the end. Because I was enjoying them when I was playing them. I hate that argument so much. It's it's always everybody's freaking defense. Always comes back to you just don't like... Like when I'm playing Mario Maker and I'm looking for levels to play and people are like, play this level. And it's one of those ones where you have to time every single jump across a spike pit and like do tricks. I'm like, no. They're like, oh, too hard for you. I'm like, mm, it's not fun. That's too much of a stressful challenge. I I would love to play a hard level, but I want to play one where the interest, you know, where it's still a fair hard. That's for the most expert players, and I'm not one of them. I want my version of hard, which is above average, but not insane. That's why I always start every game on medium difficulty and then go up and try it on the harder mode. But I hardly ever play the one after that. See, I do the exact opposite. I put it on the hardest mode possible until I realize I can't do that and then keep going down until I can. And then that's my difficulty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one way to play. I play everything on easy. Uh, Unless I'm not getting... Unless I'm not getting trophies because I'm playing on easy, then I'll put it up to the minimum level required to get trophies. If it's a story it's game other- and I want to get through it, I will put it on easy. I'm not ashamed of it. When I first played... There's, there's nothing to be ashamed about that. Video games are supposed to be fun. True. If you're playing it on easy and you're enjoying the game and you're enjoying the story, then who the hell cares? The people who are going to judge you for that are, to me, aren't worth being friends with, honestly. Those aren't gamer friends that I want. I want people to play games with that are going to be fun. Like, and, and Heather, if you're listening to this, I, I she she didn't want really to play Among Us with us because she thought we were we were too skilled for her. Like she was struggling with it. And I get that. But then, like, she was almost like, well, you're not going to want to play with my group of friends because we're all noobs and we don't know what we're doing. I'm like, no, I'm going to have a blast with this. Are you kidding me? I'm going to have a good time because I've got people to play with and I'm going to help you guys get better because the better you are, the more fun the game is. The Heather was never about the difficulty. It was all about the fun and what I want to have and what we all should be having. That's the video games are supposed to be fun. Damn it. Like if you're like I was renting the uh, the old Harry Potter games when they were out on the uh the old 360 here, right? Like, I remember I rented, I think I outright bought Order of the Phoenix, and then that was at the time when Blockbuster still had the online deal where you could get video games. So instead of getting, like, Netflix and Gamefly, I got Blockbuster so I could get movies and video games. And then I would... That was actually a pretty nice little deal until it went under, but I would I would rent the other Harry Potter games, and one of them was not fun because it was... The controls were just difficult to master. I was getting my ass kicked just trying to get through the first couple levels. I'm like, I'm not having fun. I'm done with this game. And I sent it back. Harry Potter is one of those barometers of how much time passed. Because the first game came out on PlayStation 1 and the last game came out on PlayStation 3. There is a Harry Potter game on Game Boy Color. Yeah. (laughs) Game Boy 
color. And now we're discussing a next-gen Harry Potter game for the PS5. Back in my day when I played Harry Potter, there was only four buttons. <laughs> well, look at how long and they Final were all Fantasy's directional buttons. <laughs> the original Final Fantasy game is on the NES. It's an 8-bit game. The original Final Fantasies on the NES. <laughs> I mean, there you go, right? That's how it's long called Final it? Fantasy because it, they were going to go out of business. Yep. This was the last job they were doing before they were going to go out of business. And it was so successful that it revitalized it. Totally revitalized. Ah, gotta love it. So, yeah. So there you go. That was a that was a nice little discussion to end the show, I think. Yeah. So who's hungry, y'all? I'm tired as fuck, but I can eat a snack. <laughs> you always got to have your snack. <laughs> so uh, we we to once again reiterate, we will probably be moving the show back to Mondays because of our work schedules. So expect next week's episode to drop Monday at seven like it usually did. Uh, it, maybe you'll get surprised on Sunday morning and see it. Maybe you'll even get surprised and see it Sunday evening. Hell, but it could be Tuesday or Wednesday. We don't it know. Could be. We, I don't know. <laughs> but we thank you guys for supporting us. We very much appreciate it. And really quickly, I want to make mention that in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing our 50th episode. Actually, exactly eight weeks. And we have a really fun plan for that. We are going to do a live episode. We'll stream it on all of our streaming platforms, Twitch, YouTube, and right in our Facebook group as well. I'll uh, I'll set it up so we go to the Facebook group and we'll we'll do a live podcast. We'll still release the audio version. So if you can't catch the live broadcast, you'll still be able to listen to it. But we'll do a live one and then we can interact with you guys in real time. And anything you want us to talk about, you just send it to us. You just say, hey, talk about this. What do you think of this? And we'll interact with you the whole episode. To celebrate episode number 50. Let me actually pull up my calendar and figure out the exact weekend that's going to be. So this is episode 42. So 43, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Five. So the end of July, the last weekend in July. We don't know what time we're going to do it. That'll, of course, depend on scheduling. But we'll try to announce a time beforehand. It will probably be another evening recording because I think that's the only way we're going to be able to do this and actually plan it right? right is to make it in the evening. But uh, but yeah, we will we will absolutely do that for our 50th episode and we'll see how that goes. Because maybe a logical evolution of this show will be to eventually do a YouTube style podcast where we are all on camera talking about stuff the whole time and interacting with people. You know, I've seen a lot of shows be successful doing that, so we'll see. We'll see how things go. But yeah, we'll definitely do that for the 50th episode. So thank you guys for continuing to tune in. And would you gentlemen have any final words before I stop this lovely recording? Just be excellent to one another. Aww. And get me pictures of Spider-Man! Fantastic. We will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.